Welcome to The Wrong Side, the podcast where we talk about the latest happenings in pop culture to help make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. This week, we'll be talking about the D'Amelio family backlash, Charlie D'Amelio hitting 100 million followers on TikTok, and the latest episode of The Bachelorette. Let's discuss. It's beginning to look a lot like hell. (laughs) (laughs) This is our last episode in November. One of our two. I know. I was going to say, is this our first episode in November too? (laughs) So you guys, we we do want to apologize. We did not have an episode last week. However, we retract that apology because no one reached out. No one asked us where we were, if we were okay, where's the latest episode. Yeah, no one even noticed. It's fine. Whatever. Whatever. We're back. Even with, Whether you like it or not, we are back. And how did you have a good Thanksgiving, Audrey? I did. I ate so much food and I did not feel good last night. I'm not going to lie. I, I felt sick. And I'm finally feeling better today. Better enough to have had two turkey sandwiches with stuffing and cranberry sauce, which is, I know we've talked about this, but that's my absolute favorite food. My mom has the turkey stew cooking on the oven stove Mm. right now. And so I'm very full of tryptophan and love. Absolutely incredible. I am happy to report to everybody uh, that cares, even though nobody asked me, so it's fine. But I did help my mom make her stuffing. So I finally know what goes into it because I didn't know wow. that. What did she yeah. put in her stuffing? I can't tell you because yeah, you can. the shit that goes in there, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> can you really not tell me? No, I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> it's cornbread, croutons. Four mm, cornbread, sage, a shit ton of sage. Oh my god! Sage really that. is like the secret ingredient to stuffing. It's quite interesting. Yeah, and when she pulled it out, I was assuming that there would just be a little dash, a little sprinkle, and then the entire bottle was gone. I was like, okay, I know. Didn't realize it's like actually like, a thing. Yeah, hey, you might as well like snort some sage next Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I was asking her, I'm like, does sage go in anything else? And she said pretty much no, unless you're doing some like fancy chicken recipe. I don't know. So it's crazy that once a year we all just oh. go to town on sage, you know, fully so, invest. So sage is a um, poultry seasoning. It's delicious on poultry. And also there's this song. What? I'm trying to educate you. Do you want to learn or do you want to laugh? I just don't know why. But like the word poultry cracks me up. I just think it's so pointless. Just call it chicken. No, because poultry is bird. But all birds are the same. Ah, oh, sweetie, you have so much to learn. Your <laughs> ill-refined palate is quaking right now. But anyways, what I was saying is there's this song by uh, Simon and Garfunkel called Scarborough Fair. And it goes like this. Are you going <laughs> to Scarborough Fair? Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. And that song is how I remember to season my spaghetti. And that's the story. So actually, it's a quite often used spice. You sing that song every time you make Are pasta? you going to Scarborough Fair? And I also know that those go together. So like, if I'm doing... <laughs> Like, if I just need some extra flavor, like, that's a good combo to put in spaghetti. You might add a little oregano to that bad boy, but parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. That is so funny. Damn, I really, I can't think of a single dish I've ever put sage into, but I've also been eating pretty much a vegetarian diet lately, which is crazy. So poultry isn't really vibing with me lately. So why? Since when? months ago was that for what purpose (laughs) you did this for what (laughs) basically my mom just started eating a plant-based diet and I eat my mom's food and so (laughs) I started eating a plant-based diet and then I think I had 
beef or pork one day and I already bloat so much like I the food babies that I can create are world record worthy immaculate yeah but I ate I think it was just beef I want to say and my stomach I swear to god I could have been seven months pregnant so now I'm just like scared to eat it again because of the aftermath but Anyway, I just, I, sorry for going off on that tangent, but I just did want to let everybody know that I did contribute to cooking this Thanksgiving and I learned a lot. I'm happy for you. Thank you. We also made a tofurkey, by the way. Dude, I'm not happy for you for that. I'm happy you're happy. I knew you would hate that. I didn't even, (laughs) I almost posted a picture and I just knew that people were going to come for me. And so I didn't. It was delicious. No, and let me just say, like, I respect the vegetarians and the vegans out there. I just, this is, like, news to me, so I feel like you caught me off guard, and so, like, I, I know I'm reacting poorly, and I will always support you in the end, you know? I just want you to know that, but it's Thank just, you it hurts so right now. I'm just okay. gonna need some time to process. So, for our right. question of the day, I was trying, you know, I was tempted to immediately dive into Christmas-themed questions, which, believe me, we will get into, but it's not quite December. It didn't feel appropriate. And Instagram and social media in general have just been on my mind lately because there has been so much shit going down everywhere. I don't know. I've just been like extra enthralled by the content I'm seeing on Instagram and TikTok lately. And my Mm -hmm. screen time is skyrocketing. And I was also really triggered earlier this week from some Instagram stories that we posted. And basically, I'm really disappointed in how many people said that they do not find machine gun kelly and pete davidson attractive i want every single person who said no to that poll to dm me and tell me why because my feelings are hurt but also maybe that increases my chances so i guess i should be fine with it and i'm also really disappointed that nobody seemed to like machine gun kelly and megan fox together they are the hottest couple the world has to offer right now and i my feelings were hurt i thought it was gonna be a landslide victory i literally voted for the, uh, my unpopular opinion on our poll because I wanted to balance out the numbers, but then it ended up just helping it become a more landslide opposite victory. I think that Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are too powerful. And for that reason, I don't support them. But I see what you see. Like, you guys, Emily has an extreme addiction to Pete Davidson. It's <laughs> It's un, it's, she's unhinged at this point and she needs professional help. There's no coming back from it though. That's the thing. Even professional Actually, help wouldn't help. She met him in an elevator once and she swears that he looked and laughed at a joke that she made. Well, if anybody doesn't believe me, I just want to say that in that elevator with myself and Pete, there were several other coworkers of mine who witnessed and confirmed this incident to me. And there is a Snapchat with further proof so if anybody does not believe that story or wants further information, let me know and I'd be happy to provide the receipts. Do you remember the joke that you told? I was just telling a story. It wasn't even a joke. I wasn't like pitching a joke for SNL. I was just <laughs> no, like, I, know. <laughs> I, I was can't just- believe you had the courage to talk while he was in your presence. That's what gets me. Well, I kind of started playing Lose Yourself by Eminem in my head leading up to the elevator ride. You know, I was like, you only get one shot. Like, do not miss your chance. And so I just, and I was already telling a story. And so when we actually, the second I saw him and realized we were going into the same elevator, I realized, bump up the story, make it funnier, deliver, deliver, deliver. Timing, 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 punchline, punchline, punchline. And I got in there and I just continued telling it. And my coworkers were hyping me up because they knew what a big moment that was for me. So they were laughing. The vibes were immaculate. That could have been like the start of your love story. But Emily, why did we get in here? Because we're going to go into our question of the day. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. So basically, (laughs) I'm sorry. Wow, that was an extra long. (laughs) The tangent of all tangents. That was the longest tangent. So Instagram, our Instagram stories have been triggering me. The content I'm seeing on Instagram and TikTok is triggering me. And it threw me back to a poll that we posted a while ago asking people if they had a close friend's story, a close friend's list on Instagram. And I was surprised at how many people said no, because I just assumed that everybody had one. So then it got me thinking, now I want to know how many people are on everybody's list. Unfortunately, I can't ask everybody that. So I'm going to ask Audrey that today. So we're going to 
we're going to guess for each other. And I think this is interesting. This is funny because like I perceive Emily to have like a thousand friends. <laughs> so like real fr- like close friends. So what do you want to do? Should we guess for each other first? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll guess for you first. Okay. I'm guessing that you have 32. Okay. Um, that makes me rethink my guess for you. I'm going to say you have 65. Okay. Okay. So how many? do you have? I have 67. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Oh my God, dude. I have 63. Oh my God. I was so close. So you do perceive me to have less friends than you. No. <laughs> No, for real, for real, for real. No, I'm shocked because (laughs) I was counting in my head. You have your close friend group from college that I met when we lived together. And then you have all your close family members and cousins. And I just thought it was going to be more in the... But I guess you you don't post anything scandalous or crazy on your close friend story. So I guess open the gates a little more, you know? No, I I don't. And I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> You're like deleting people. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like there's a couple coworkers in here, like old old and current. There's like a lot of family. There's like friends of friends who became my friend. Should I add the wrong side podcast? <laughs> I wow. I don't know why, like, so why don't now I think people are gonna come for you now. What do you mean? There's no way that you only have 30 people who, like, I think there will be somebody who's like, wait, Emily, why aren't I on your close friends? No, I have 63. That's a lot. Oh, you're right. I thought you said 30. Okay, okay. No, that was my guess for you. (laughs) That's so fucked up, honestly. (laughs) Oh, well. Now we know. That's actually interesting that we almost have the same amount. Yeah, and actually I just saw there's, like, three duplicates because... There's a couple like Finsta, like Finstas of my friends who I also let them on their real account follow. Oh, okay. Well, so you have 67 and I have 63. So I'm seeking four friends who would like to be promoted (laughs) by close friend stories. If you think you are willing and interested, let me know. I really never post on there anyway, but I'd be happy to add you. So looking for four. First four to respond, win. I know. I don't really post on there either, but maybe I will too, or I'll start two more because it's honestly nice. Like it's a good way to be like, it's like a group chat without the discomfort of like everyone else being in the group chat too. They can just like see your updates and stuff. But it also just goes to show you how Instagram, like social media in general, is just so stupid. Why why do we try to have thousands of followers when literally all we care about is the opinion of like 50, 60 people? 100%. And also, you know what, that reminds me like of my deep, deep seated anger for Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. and the unhinged decision to move notifications and add posts to the top right and then replace it with reels and shopping. Like literally go fuck yourself. That was too far. (laughs) They've done a lot of updates. I hate every update they've ever done because I would like to live on 2001 Facebook. If no, that wasn't even a thing. (laughs) Okay. 2012 Facebook. Yeah. We'll call it 2012. But I, that one was the worst by far. They, I don't know who approved that, but And you know what's upsetting, Emily? You know what's really upsetting is that this has been something that happens every single time there's an update. We all get pissed off about it. And then we decide that, you know what? My anger is not, it does not beat out the fact that I value what this thing, this tool, this social media tool does for me. So I will look past the update and still love this app. Here's another example of updates that it did that we all hated when they first happened. Leads. Fleets, well, that's tweets, oh. that's Instagram, but um, Instagram stories were copied off of Snapchat. Reels is copied off of TikTok, and when they changed the algorithm from chronological to algorithmic-based, 
I lost my shit. And I don't ever scroll through Instagram again. I pretty much only look at stories. I don't know about you. No, I if I do scroll, it'll be for, I would say, seven to ten posts. And then I get exhausted and go to back to stories. Because half of them are ads. And because the other half, it's like, I don't even, like, I had, I unfollowed all of the, anything that's verified, I unfollowed because those always get pushed to the top because they get more likes, more engagement. So they get pushed to the top. Like, I never get to see things that my actual friends post anymore. It's sad. No, it really is sad. And I, I'm sorry, I'm pivoting again to Twitter, but the whole fleets thing, why would Twitter need stories? Nobody is posting about their girl's trip or their, you know, cute brewery pics on Twitter. People are just talking shit and being unhinged on Twitter. We don't need that feature. I actually feel like Twitter has actually been on the right side. Oh. Twitter's doing their own thing. They're muting the president tweets when they're fucking crazy and not fact-based. And they said, fuck you. They don't really give a shit about the monetization of the platform. Like, yeah, there's ads on Twitter, but like nobody goes on Twitter to like make money off of ads like people do that on Facebook and Instagram because Facebook and Instagram have made the decision that in order for it to be as powerful as it is it can sell advertisers all of our data for a fuck ton of money and become extremely profitable whereas I feel Twitter you know Twitter still does that but it doesn't do it to the gr- to the degree of Facebook and Instagram which is basically essentially a giant magazine at this point like it's just completely full of paid promotions and shit and it's not enjoyable anymore and it's so creepy i found one piece of jewelry on facebook i it it wasn't even an ad it was just somebody had posted a picture of it in a group that i'm in not even one of my friends and i thought it was really pretty and so i screenshotted it just for reference and then i started getting i swear to god 10 to 15 ads on instagram for engagement rings and I, which just sent me into orbit because no, and I, w- it just, it freaks me out how fast it works. It's not like the next business day, three to five business days. It is within seconds and then they are targeting your ass. No, it's terrifying. You know, speaking of unhinged social media platforms, I think we should just dive right into our first topic of the day. All right. And this is all about... Charlie D'Amelio and the recent backlash up there, um, family faced a, like a week ago. It's a little bit of old news because we didn't post an, up, an episode last week, but I do feel like it's something that we wanted to talk about because we don't really talk about TikToker drama a lot. And I feel like Charlie is one of those people where it's like, if we were talking about like different, you know, like houses, like hype house drama or sway house or all that shit, I don't understand that. I think it's just past... I'm past the point of no return. We're trying to keep the, those that are like-minded as us, people our age who are just just off the cusp of being Gen Z, but not quite a millennial, informed. And you don't need to know about those, but you do need to know about Charlie D'Amelio because the shit was going crazy. So, <clears throat> essentially, um, the D'Amelio's path to 100 million... Um, uh, D'Amelio. D'Amelio. Oh my God, she should have called herself that, Charlie D'Amelion. Demillion. No, so Charlie's path to 100 million followers hit a bump in the road last week when she and her family received backlash for the, their behavior in a YouTube video, after which she lost almost a million followers, but then bounced all the way back up and eventually surpassed 100 million. But let's just talk first and foremost about the cursed video on the Demilio family YouTube YouTube channel. So uh, if you didn't see it, it's this new series on their family YouTube channel called Dinner with the Demilios, where they invite a guest star every episode for a convo and food cooked by a personal chef. And the first guest on this episode was James Charles. Now, the backlash was mostly in regards to two main issues. So the first was Dixie D'Amelio in this video. So it was all four of the D'Amelio clan, Mark, Heidi, (laughs) Dixie, and uh, Charlie. And Dixie just had super bad manners. She's like 18 or 19, so she's not a fucking teenager. Like, you're an adult, dude. And she was like picking at her nails, picking at her nose, picking at her food, making comments about the food being gross. Um, at one point, she actually threw up her food, like ran outside and threw it up because she thought it was nasty. And it was just super weird to watch because it was like, like there were cameras all around them and she was still acting that way. And it was just a weird way to present yourself. I think she was just like 
a little too comfortable, but we'll talk about it. And then the second problematic thing or the thing that received backlash was Charlie, who at one point she asked for dino nuggets instead of this like delicious paella cooked by their um, personal chef. And she also made a comment about her follower count that left a bad taste in the mouth of a lot of her followers, where she said something like, oh, I wish I had more time because can you imagine if I hit 100 mil exactly a year after hitting one mil? And from this video getting posted, then just like kind of all hell broke loose. Like she started losing followers so fast. She was basically, it was, it was a cancellation, especially for Charlie and a little bit Dixie, but more so Charlie because she was so focused on her follower account and getting so close to 100 million that I think a lot of her followers were like, bitch, I am not just a number. Like if you just see me like this, then let me unfollow you real quick. So that's kind of the general recap. So before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, Emily, I first just want to talk about our initial reaction and thoughts to this YouTube video. So my first reaction was, of course, their video that's getting backlash involves James Charles. I think he's just cursed. I just found that to be really ironic that it was him of all the guests that they could have had because he is just such a problematic person. I swear to God, everything and everyone he gets involved with, he somehow gets in trouble. So I just saw that that was funny. But then also the fact that people were saying, oh, I like James Charles because he made that comment back to Charlie, something along the lines of, oh, was the first 95 million not enough? So I I was low-key happy for James because I was like, wow, for once he's not on the wrong side, so good for him. No, honestly, wait, before you move on, I I 100%, 1000% agree. Like, James was being so incredibly professional the entire time. Like, he understands. It's clear that they have, like, a relationship. He has a relationship with his family. I think he's taken somewhat of, like, a mentorship role uh, for Charlie because Charlie is shooting into fame kind of at the same, actually a much higher level but similar level to James and they kind of talked about how like no one's ever really written a playbook for this kind of success in the industry at this time in this like climate and so you know they they clearly know each other personally but still like it seems like James understood like this is going to get posted online like I think it wasn't even like as calculated as that as much of as as it was like you guys are being really rude and weird like I'm gonna just do me and be as respectful to like this chef and to all of the people around. And it was funny because he almost looked more of an adult than the D'Amelio parents were because they weren't doing anything. I was literally saying that Heidi, the mom, was legitimately acting like a middle child. It was the, I thought it was kind of fucking weird the way she was acting. Like I was like, hello, like did you parent them or what's the tea? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to mommy shame, but I was very shocked at the way that they were acting. And it just kind of goes to show like the D'Amelio girls and that family, they were already very wealthy and well off and privileged. And so I feel like it was written all over their faces in the way they were acting versus James, who he didn't grow up with a ton of money. Like he actually did earn everything and, and you know, like he shot up to fame and richness in a way that was like, a much bigger deal for him. I think he just like has more gratitude for everything based on this video. I know I've given him a lot of hate before. I yeah. also think that props to James Charles because he didn't ride off the coattails of one family member like the whole D'Amelio family did. So no shade again. But the thing about the mom that bothers me is that she posts all the time about how, and she always says this in interviews, she tries to make some story about how Charlie was always the shy kid growing up and you know I was worried that she would never develop into you know an extroverted go-getter and then people have posted videos of Charlie as a kid where she's like knocking other little ballerinas out of the way she's like get out of the way she was not a shy kid clearly and so I just don't like how they try to come up with this storyline of oh here's the adversity we've overcome if you haven't overcome any adversity whatever Yeah, Yeah, just say that. Don't try to pull something like, oh, they're so shy. I was so worried for them. When I first watched this video, because it was getting shared around like pretty much the day, the night that it got posted. And 
I was like, ooh, got to see this tea. Like, everybody is mad about this video. So I turned it on and I watched it. And I was actually, actually, I was cooking, so I was only listening to it. But after I got done listening, I was like, yeah, they're being a little rude, but they're just kind of acting like teenagers. Like, nothing really stood out to me as being, like, super problematic, other than them just being kind of, like, little bratty brat brats, you know? So then when I looked at the comments and there were all these people like, what the fuck? Like, this is so fucked up. You guys are so privileged. Like, it just felt like the comments didn't really match the crime. And so then, you know, in the days proceeding, they were getting any TikTok they posted was getting like berated with a bunch of comments about how ungrateful they are. And it just felt really weird. It was like one of those things where it was like, I kind of understood, like, I kind of felt the same way. Like, I followed Charlie. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, she, I don't think she meant anything by this comment of like, oh, if I hit 100 mil, like, obviously she's just a kid and she's just really excited about her success and whatever. But it did make me think like, why do I help these people get richer? Like, (laughs) I literally hate it. And they're, and I don't like that they're, I don't like that they're being rude to their chef and I don't like that that's the example that they're setting and so I'm gonna unfollow them so so I I did unfollow them because I was kind of inspired to like hey like you your power is with your quote-unquote dollar like I know I'm making this like a bit of it it seems like I'm making a bigger deal but what my point is that there were probably a lot of people who were like you know what fuck this like I don't need to be supporting these peeps I don't think that she's a bad person I'm not trying to cancel her I'm not saying she should kill herself like people are threatening and I don't think that stuff okay is okay but I also don't have to support someone who I don't think is like nice and like generally a good person like I think she's a teen she has a lot of learning to do she has a lot of growing to do and she probably will but that's kind of I felt like there were two buckets of people after this backlash where there's like well actually there's three buckets the the first bucket is like this is dramatic they're just being kids, like, this really isn't that big of a deal, you know, Aaron May, the private chef, came out (laughs) later, and he was like, dude, we were just kidding around, like, that family is, like, family to me, I didn't take it personally, like, it's not that big of a deal, you know, it's fine, and then all the family members came out, like, everyone was doing as much damage control as they can, and it sounds like, you know, no one was more offended than just, like, the millions of fans of Charlie's who were like, oh, am I just a number to you, so there was the first bucket of people who were like, this doesn't matter, we don't need to cancel them. I'm still going to stand them because I love them, whatever. Then there was like the bucket that I was in, which I would say was like the loudest and the, you know, most popular bucket during this period of time of like minor cancellation where it's like, you know what, was this that big of a deal? No, but also like, do I need to like support these people with my follow? No, not really. And that was me. And then there was a third bucket of like horrible people who are like sending death threats to Charlie and sending hate comments and shit and being fucking crazy keyboard warrior trolls who they exist in every single online situation. And the problem with, I'm going on a a tangent, but I'm almost done. The problem with these breakouts when it comes to cancel culture, because every celebrity is anti-cancel culture. And what they're against is like the cyberbullying, which is like never okay. But what they're doing is they're taking those two buckets, the one, the second bucket of I'm going to stop supporting you because I don't like what you did, and the third bucket of I'm going to send you death threats and be fucking crazy, and they're combining that group of people to be one person because what those two buckets agree on is that they no longer want to support this creator or whatever. Mm-hmm. In reality, the vast majority of those people are not sending death threats, not being fucking crazy. They're just saying the value of my dollar, my follow, whatever. I have power over that. So I'm going to take that power and I'm going to take my dollar and my follow somewhere else or whatever. So Charlie, and this is what every PR professional succumb or, or recommends is I get sent death threats and that is never okay. And it's not okay, but it's like by bucketing all of the people who decided that they didn't, they didn't like what you did into that category, you're missing an entire group of people who just want to feel validated or heard for whatever the criticism is of the situation. So like in this situation, again, I'm acknowledging Charlie is like a 16 year old. So I really don't think it's that big of a deal in the first place. But in this situation, like, you know, it just felt like a lack of gratitude for the amount that your followers do for you in like a literal monetary way or like a financial way. Like they are the reason that you are so successful without them, you're nothing. 
Totally. And I think that the whole part of the video, first of all, I just want to know who edited that video and watched it and approved it. Because I think if any sane person would have watched that video, they would have maybe flagged it to Charlie and Dixie and said, hey, this might cause some backlash. Or do you want to, do you want us to clip this part out? Or do you maybe want to <laughs> rethink that whole vomiting up the food fun moment? Because yeah. I don't know why they, I can't imagine that they watched that video and didn't expect any of this backlash. That was what confused me because yeah, it was just a really childish video. And I think that it wouldn't have gotten so much backlash if they didn't have a private chef cooking it for them. You know, if they had had, let's say their guest, you know, James Charles was cooking them dinner and then they reacted that way. That's a whole other issue. So it's just yeah. the whole video, like you said, I think the biggest problem is just that they're, it shows how spoiled they are. It shows, you know, they have a private chef, they're acting like children, which they kind of are, Dixie's not. And it's just kind of like an embarrassing video to watch. It's just not, it's not cute. It's not a good look. I genuinely don't think that Charlie meant any harm by saying, you know, could you imagine if I hit a hundred mil, you know, a year after I hit a million, and I'm so torn on this. I'm so on the fence because as a follower, well, I don't follow Charlie, but as a follower of some influencers that I do follow, I do, I guess, want to feel appreciated. But also, how do you expect them to do that? They don't know us. They don't know. Charlie does not know all 100 million of her followers. And so, and every time that she hits a milestone, she always posts, you know, a little, little renegade being like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for 60 mil. Thank you. And and what else do you want her to do? And so I totally agree with if you don't want to give her your support or if you don't feel like she's appreciating you, then yeah, unfollow. But also what would supporting you and appreciating you look like from someone that has a hundred million followers? What do you want from her? You know, I, do, I think if she would have said something like, or I don't, I don't even know what she could have said. If she would have just talked badly about her followers about, you know, oh, my followers never, you know, comment anything nice, or I don't get as many comments as I used to, or people don't like my videos as much as they used to. If she would have complained about her followers' behavior, then I would have been a little bit more triggered. But I wasn't really offended by that comment because, hell yeah, like it would have been cool to hit that milestone. And I, I don't think she meant any harm by that. So I was a little confused why that got so much backlash. But yeah. also, when you were talking about James being sort of a mentor to them, I just, I had a thought of how interesting it is because we've seen so many YouTubers get famous really quickly and they sort of have each other, but Charlie really is the first TikTok star. There is never, there's never been another one. So even though there's really no playbook or rule book for any sort of influencer, it's just interesting that you know, we picked a 16-year-old to be the TikTok. Oh my God. And she has a hundred million uh, followers. Like, the most that James got to, I, he's probably a little bit past 20 million now. Like, that is a huge number. It looks a little bit smaller on TikTok, so it's a little bit, like, easier to digest. But that's, like, that, I mean, there's a lot of theories and conspiracies also going around that she buys her followers or that or maybe that she doesn't buy them but that a lot of them are bots mm -hmm. and I just feel like that has to be true like a little bit there's just no fucking way it has to be true if it's not I I will never be able to wrap my head around it there was that TikTok that was like how many people are in the U.S. and it's like 300 right hang on yeah 328 million people in the U.S. and not to say that all of her followers are in the U.S. but still a third of the population that seems impossible you know and I, I think I think a third of her followers probably are bots 100% they have to be but I I do have to say I do have a solution because I've been stewing on this for the last week and just thinking about you know how I feel what my position is and I have a solution for everybody Okay. let's stop making people this famous okay because yeah. it is ridiculous how we just flock to one person and then just worship them and get them a hundred million followers let's not do that like no i'm i agree it's sort of you know the eat the rich mentality let's spread the wealth okay let's give everybody a lot of followers i just don't think that we should have these people that become 
superstars overnight for TikTok dances. What? And I was telling Audrey earlier, I was triggered because Addison Ray wished Haley Bieber a happy birthday. And that was the final straw for me. I couldn't handle it. I said, no way did this random girl who was babysitting a year ago just wish Haley Bieber a happy birthday. And they have a photo together. And it just bothers me that we can shoot these people to such high levels of fame overnight. I just wish there was a little more balance or regulation to it because then they have to deal with all this shit and they're 16 years old. So why do we have, why do we allow this? But then that gets, I mean, we could get into a whole other like philosophical question about, you know, what even is fame, man? And like, (laughs) we get some cigars and like some whiskey. (laughs) Like literally when you really start to think about it, it's like, why is it, what is it about Hailey Bieber? And I'm, this is a rhetorical question. I'm not trying to put you on the stand here, but like, what is it about Hailey Bieber? Like that is higher class than Addison Rae. Like at this point, Addison Rae probably has more, way more engaged fans you know, followers, people who are like liking and commenting on her content, people who are trying to reach her, brand deals. 100%. So like, there's there's an interesting conversation to be had about like A-list celebrity, B-list, D-list, C-list, like all of that. And like, why is it that TikTok, TikTokers and YouTubers like aren't considered real celebrities? Maybe this is why, because there's like a level of professionalism that's involved in real quote real celebrities versus now where it's like these people just live in their bubble and don't really do anything there's no strategy to shooting up to fame like that it just happens and then you just have to manage it and like figure it out as you go along there's no like rule book versus in Hollywood where the rule book is probably I would imagine like extremely defined you know what I mean well, and in Hollywood, it's, well, it's based on a lot of things, but it's, you have to put out a piece of work, a piece of art for people to judge <laughs> yeah. you on, not a renegade dance. And so it just bothered me. I don't think that Hailey Bieber is better than Addison Rae. Or I don't know why it bothered me so much. I think it was just more so of like, how did these two get connected? I'm yeah. so confused how Addison Rae met Hailey Bieber and where, it's just more so confusion on that end. But my whole thing on TikTok, whenever I see, I'm really into like random talents and really weird talents yes. people have. And so my page on TikTok is full of that. And I love the comment sections because it's always people saying, why does this person not have more followers than Charlie? You know, like this person is working their ass off. They have the coolest talent. They're grinding, you know, all this stuff. And then Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio, D'Amelio, I just called her D'Amelio. Dixie's <laughs> out here collaborating with what's his name from One Direction. That hurt me a lot. Like, are you kidding me? And it just it, <laughs> it pisses me off because it's kind of like a small business, large corporation mentality where you're like, there are people out here that are working their butts off and grinding so hard and doing work that is actually helping people around them. And then you have people, large corporations, the D'Amelios, who aren't doing anything, and they're definitely not making the world a better place, and they don't give a shit about you, okay? A hundred million followers, she doesn't care about you, and they're getting all the hype, and they're getting all the money, and all the attention, and it's just frustrating, because when the hell will it ever change? I don't know. I know, we need a, we need a revolution. Basically, what ended up happening after all this bullshit, Charlie, well, there was some shit going down with Trisha Paytas and Dixie D'Amelio, which I'm not even going to get into because, no, frankly, I don't like either of them, and it's just not even worth the time. Like, Charlie is, like, a good little bean, you know, and, and at the end of the day, she does need to have some humbling, but she's also a kid, and, and she needs to have some time to learn, and frankly, she didn't really do anything that big of a deal in the in the beginning, but... She basically kind of, like, addressed the situation on Ig Live. She said, you know, I'm just a kid. Like, Chef May is, like, family. This was all, you know, totally blown out of proportion and da-da-da-da-da. And then she just forgot it ever happened, got back on TikTok, started doing her dances. Back to her dances, baby. Way over. She's probably at 100 plus now. She's probably way past that. So. They always (laughs) win in the end. Yeah. I think a missed opportunity was if Dixie would have released a song 
that went a little something like, sometimes I just want to be picky. Don't hold it against me. (laughs) Okay, so since we've talked everyone's ears off about the D'Amelio family, I really didn't think I was that invested, but clearly I am. We are going to give you the speediest recap of this week's episode of The Bachelorette. So... First of all, no Claire appearances since our last episode, so things are going well. Life is good. I can't complain. Tasha is still absolutely killing it. You know, I'm getting a little tired of... Audrey was saying right before the episode, she was like, watching The Bachelorette is truly turning into a chore, and it kind of is. I don't know. I'm just... I don't... There's some serious fatigue going on. I was... I think I was telling this to you the other day. Like, Bachelorette used to be... I mean, I've been watching since high school, Monday nights. Has it always been on Monday nights? It might have been on Tuesday nights before. I guess, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anytime we had it on, we had a whole bachelor night. Everyone would come over. My dad would order us pizza. We would eat pizza and watch The Bachelor. And like, it was just the best fucking time ever. And now we're here. Now I watch it alone because... No one, like, in my immediate family cares, which respect, all the respect in the world for that, truly. <laughs> and it's, like, sad. Wait, quick, quick sidebar. Audrey texted me a couple weeks ago and was like, I don't think I'm going to watch this week because I would have to watch it alone. And I had to break the news to her that that is how I watch it every single week. No. <laughs> I have been, too. Sometimes James's mom will watch with me, or sometimes even James will watch with me, but... It's just different when you don't have, like, the history of The Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise, and, or if you're only watching one episode, you don't know what happened last episode, you don't know what the teasers have been teasing, it's just a whole different experience, and it's not to say it's not fun, but it's just different, and it's sad, because it just makes you think about, you know, just the circumstance we're in. So then it just feels like work, and I'm sorry, Bachelor producers, but you've not been coming to work. I'm sorry. The editing, I'm bored. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Horrible. Show, I'm bored. Tasha, love you, girl. I think Tasha's incredible. I think she's a great bachelorette. I think she's doing what she came to do. But when you don't leave the La Quinta, the La Quinta leaves you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting so tired of, and I, I know they don't have a lot of room for any travel or creativity, but I know they can do better. It's like every group date is the same. And we were just talking last episode about how we are so tired of the half-naked men in Speedos wrestling or playing in a pool. Or That sounded creepy, but you know <laughs> what I mean? And then this week, you know, I'm thinking to myself, wow, I think they're actually going to do something different for once. And then guess what they do? The first group date is the guys have to compete in a songwriting competition and then perform the song to Tasha. Tell me something I ha- I don't know. Show me something I've never seen before. We've seen this. We know it's going to happen. It's going to be awkward. None of the men can sing. They're cringy songs. Bennett raps. It's truly sad. Like, I feel like I'm getting, like, cabin fever or something. You know what I mean? We're getting sloppy seconds on every day we see. Do you want to know, like, what's the worst part of all of this? We're going to have to fucking do it again in January for Matt James season. 100%. I don't know. I don't know if I'm here for it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'll watch it. But it was just the only, the only saving grace to this week's episode was that Ivan won this horrendous songwriting competition, which by the way, if you're listening and you're a Bennett fan, please let me- You're on the wrong side. You're on the wrong side. I'm so- We started standing Bennett far too. Like it was just, let's just forget it happened. I'm so sick of the fandom. He is so weird. He's (laughs) so boring. And his only personality trait is mentioning Harvard. I'm sick of it. So I'm- I'm glad that he lost that. Precious Ivan won. And the date between him and Tasha was just everything we needed to be. Uh, I cannot emphasize this enough. The only saving grace of this whole episode. The date started with them, you know, just chilling in Tasha's room. They did the classic, you know, fun, childish. Oh, then the floor is lava. Oh, no, don't step on that. And then, you know, they played Twister, ordered food, had a pillow fight. It was just a cute, wholesome date. But then 
they sat down outside, actually started diving into some real conversations. I'm so glad that the Bachelor producers didn't cut this because that would be like them. And they start discussing their families and just their upbringings, you know, growing up biracial in America. And it leads to Ivan telling Tasha about his brother's experiences in prison, uh, dealing with police brutality. And then Tasha starts opening up about attending protests over the summer after the death of George Floyd. And she said at one point, quote, I'm realizing that I spent my whole life trying to blend in because I knew I was different. Hearing people yelling Black Lives Matter hit me more than I realized because those are people in my backyard. I've been trying to prove for so long that I'm the same as them. And it was just a beautiful date. Even if you don't watch The Bachelorette or if for some reason you missed last week's episode and you're wondering if you need to watch it, you don't, except for this date. Yeah, just fast forward to this date. It was just a beautiful moment between the two of them. And it was such an important conversation that you typically don't see on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And you could just tell how heartfelt and real it was. It was definitely not a topic that the producers tried to plant in there. It all happened very naturally and they were both being so sincere and I just really appreciated every second of it. It was beautiful. I fully agree and I it makes me upset because while I think that you're right, I don't think that it was planted and this is what I'm about to say is is definitely just a assumption, but I you know, a bachelor the bachelor franchise has been very much under fire in the last year as we've discussed for just lack of diversity, lack of like diverse cast, diverse like discussions, like just pretty much if it's not the white man narrative, then it's not going to have good ratings or the white woman narrative or whatever. And so I couldn't help but feel like because we never see those deep conversations on this show, that the choice to keep that in was an active choice to improve their ratings you know like it just totally. it just made me think of like I know that there's absolutely no fucking way that after 20 years of or 20 seasons or whatever of this show several successful com- couples who have gotten married and had kids or are together whatever that so few deep real sincere conversations have been aired so that's what bothered me I'm like dude this is awesome and I'm like to me, it was almost getting a little bit crowded by the fact that it's like, ugh, it just really sucks that like, I feel like you, this is being shown not really for anyone. It's not being shown for the movement. It's being shown to like up their ratings because they don't really show conversations like that. But all that to say, like, I hope that they learn that that's what's missing from the show. Like, I don't fucking want, like, it. Need, it's time for The Bachelor to grow with the times in the sense that like, I'm sure they have a huge audience who likes the way that it is, but they have such an opportunity to expand into having a more delicate balance between the, you know, junk hanging out all over the place and the bodies, you know, all over our TV screens and those deep conversations with like good vibes and having watching two people actually connect with each other is so much more fun to watch to me than like a bunch of fucking naked people. Totally. And let me say that I've been watching The Crown recently. Finally. I can't believe nobody made me watch it earlier. I'm on season two and what's his name? Lord Altrin. I forget his name. I think he now or ended up going by John Griggs or something, but I just totally butchered that. But anyway, he gets brought into the queen's office or he gets to talk to the queen and he tells her here's how you need to keep up with the times you need to start televising more stuff to make people feel like you're accessible to them and you need to stop doing all this and you need to start doing this and the bachelor producers need one of those because it is getting old and hopefully this episode showed them that that is the type of content we want to see and not speedos in a pool It seems like there's someone, like, high up that's just really stuck in, like, the early 2000s, you know? So, honestly, we don't even really need to cover what happened after that. If you guys want a quick recap, it was a stupid group date. I'm fully convinced that Becca Kufrin will end up dating someone from the season. I'm just putting that... um... I actually thought that when Becca and Sydney and Taysha were all, like, doing that thing, I thought that was kind of cute. Because they were just acting like three besties, and it was nice to see three besties be besties, you know? Totally. It wasn't forced at all. And I'm just putting that prediction out there. So that way when the news breaks, I can reference this soundbite. <laughs> Chris Harrison 
is truly earning every cent of his paycheck this season. The shot of him eating a lobster and then having guys run up and needing him to sign their asses. I'm just like, someone help this man. And then, of course, you had Ben and Ed trying to sneak off to Tasha's room. And then clearly Ed's producer hates him because he sent him to Chris Harrison's room. They enjoyed a glass of wine together. It was just a disaster. And then the rose ceremony, at that point, I was legit exhausted and over it because it had just gone downhill from there. And Noah is on the wrong side. He, I'm so disappointed in him. He is a perfect example and poster child of how a man can be so attractive one moment and then the next minute you despise them. It's just truly an amazing trait of men to be able to go from amazing to absolutely disgusting within milliseconds. And that is what Noah did. Can I also just say that I think Ben is really cute. Oh, Ben is very cute. He's not my favorite, but he will be on Paradise. That's what I was going to say. Paradise for sure. And if and Joe is not on Paradise, I, God help me. I was devastated that he got sent home, but I understood because you could see that there was just no chemistry between him and yeah. Tasha. Just wrong person, but his time will come. 100%. Oh, and side note, speaking of The Bachelorette <laughs> and Bachelor, <laughs> I'm not going to go on another tangent, but I do <laughs> just want to note that Caitlin did win Dancing with the Stars, and who predicted that? You did. I did. And I had people coming for me saying, oh my god, no, Chriselle. It's going to be Chriselle, you idiot. And no. Right. Caitlin came. She showed up. She showed up to win, and she won. I came to win. All right. Well, you know what? My throat hurts from my tangent that I went on earlier. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for following us on Instagram. Oh, at the wrong side podcast. What? And thank you to everyone who followed in the last week or so because we did hit 200 followers and we are so we are so grateful and excited. And because we don't want to get canceled like Charlie, we're now gonna read off the names of all 200 of our followers in order <laughs> of when they followed us. <laughs> Audrey Weatherhead. <laughs> Emily Jones. <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to say, you know, since we met our goal, I am going to set a goal of 2,000 followers by 2021. I think we can make it. We can make it happen. And it's hard. It's hard to do marketing on Instagram for a company, a business that doesn't actually sell anything. So just think of it that way. Like when you're, when you're supporting small businesses this Christmas, remember that we're free and that's crazy. So just literally write down, screenshot our Instagram, print it out on a piece of paper, fold it and put it into every stocking you see this Christmas season. You're welcome. Santa came this year. The gift that keeps on giving. Truly, truly. All right, everybody. Thank you again for listening. Thanks for being the bestest fans in the whole world. And hope you all go enjoy some Thanksgiving leftovers and send me your stuffing recipes. Thank you. Bye. Bye.